O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom for ever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Friday, September 3rd. I want to draw your attention to a pick on the navigation menu on the Daily Audio Torah website. It is found under Our Projects and Partners. Select Torah House Global Prayer Network. This is a call to believers throughout the nations everywhere to take a place on the wall of prayer and to raise up a standard against the rising tide of evil and lawlessness that we see in our nations and in our culture. Let me share with you from their vision statement. The Torah House is an imaginary space where we meet each Erev Shabbat at 9 p.m., We all pray from our own location and in our own time zone. Together we will enter into the virtual Torah house every Arev Shabbat at 9 p.m. your local time. His set-apart people will meet with Yeshua in His Torah house. Community prayer is of tremendous value because as we pray of one heart, mind, and purpose, great power is released in the heavens. We begin our prayer time with a great shofar blast and enter Yehovah's courts with praise. We come against the relentless tide of evil that is swallowing up the nations. We ask our Father to establish His Torah in our city, our region, and our nation. Each month there is a featured prayer theme for the month so that together we can focus our prayers on the prayer theme for that month. Go to thetorahouse.com to see the prayer theme for this month. To learn more, or to sign up to become a partner, coordinator, or member, go to thetorahouse.com and find out more. Join with others throughout the nations every Friday at 9 p.m. your time, as together we raise up a symphony of prayer to Abba Father in seeking His face and crying out to Him for the remnant to return to the God of Israel and to His great and glorious Torah. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Nitzavim, and it means, You are standing. Deuteronomy 31, 21-30 When I bring them into the land flowing with milk and honey that I promised on oath to their fathers, and they eat their fill and grow fat and turn to other gods and serve them, spurning me and breaking my covenant, 
and the many evils and troubles befall them. Then this poem shall confront them as a witness, since it will never be lost from the mouth of their offspring. For I know what plans they are devising even now, before I bring them into the land that I promised on oath. That day Moses wrote down this poem and taught it to the Israelites. And he charged Joshua, son of Nun, be strong and resolute, for you shall bring the Israelites into the land that I promised them on oath, and I will be with you. When Moses had put down in writing the words of this teaching to the very end, Moses charged the Leviim who carried the ark, saying, Take this book of teaching and place it beside the ark of your God, and let it remain there as a witness against you. Well I know how defiant and stiff-necked you are. Even now, while I am still alive in your midst, you have been defiant toward Hashem, how much more then when I am dead. Gather to me all the elders of your tribes and your officials, that I may speak all these words to them, and that I may call heaven and earth to witness against them. For I know that when I am dead, you will act wickedly and turn away from the path that I enjoined upon you, and that in time to come misfortune will befall you, for having done evil in the sight of Hashem, and vexed him by your deeds. Then Moses recited the words of this poem to the very end, in the hearing of the whole congregation of Israel. Ecclesiastes 4, 1-6-12 I further observed all the oppression that goes on under the sun, tears of the oppressed with none to comfort them, and the power of their oppressors with none to comfort them. Then I accounted those who died long since more fortunate than those who were still living, and happier than either are those who have not yet come into being and have never witnessed the miseries that go on under the sun. I have also noted that all labor and skillful enterprise come from men's envy of each other, another futility and pursuit of wind. True, the fool folds his hands together and has to eat his own flesh. But no less truly, better is a handful of gratification than two fistfuls of labor, which is in pursuit of wind. And I have noted this further futility under the sun. The case of the man who is alone with no companion, who has neither son nor brother, yet he amasses wealth without limit, and his eye is never sated with riches. For whom now is he amassing it while denying himself enjoyment? That too is a futility and an unhappy business. Two are better off than one, in that they have greater benefit from their earnings. Or should they fall, one can raise the other up. But woe betide him who is alone, and falls with no companion to raise him. For two lie together, they are warm. But how can he who is alone get warm? Also, if one attacks, two can stand up to him. A threefold cord is not readily broken. Better a poor but wise youth than an old but foolish king who no longer has the sense to heed warnings. 
but the former can emerge from a dungeon to become king, while the latter, even if born to kingship, can become a pauper. However, I reflected about all the living who walk under the sun with that youthful successor who steps into his place. Unnumbered are the multitudes of all those who preceded them, and later generations will not acclaim him either. For that too is futile and pursuit of wind. Be not over-eager to go to the house of Hashem. More acceptable is obedience than the offering of fools, for they know nothing but to do wrong. Keep your mouth from being rash, and let not your throat be quick to bring forth speech before Hashem. For Hashem is in heaven, and you are on earth. That is why your words should be few. Just as dreams come with much brooding, so does foolish utterance come with much speech. When you make a vow to Hashem, do not delay to fulfill it, for He has no pleasure in fools. What you vow, fulfill. It is better not to vow at all than to vow and not fulfill. Don't let your mouth bring you into disfavor, and don't plead before the messenger that it was an error, but fear Hashem, else Hashem may be angered by your talk and destroy your possessions. For much dreaming leads to futility and to superfluous talk. If you see in a province oppression of the poor and suppression of right and justice, don't wonder at the fact. For one high official is protected by a higher one, and both of them by still higher ones. Thus, the great advantage in all the land is his. He controls a field that is cultivated. A lover of money never has his fill of money, nor a lover of wealth his fill of income. That too is futile. As his substance increases, so do those who consume it. What then does the success of its owner amount to but feasting his eyes? A worker's sleep is sweet, whether he has much or little to eat, but the rich man's abundance doesn't let him sleep. Here is a grave evil I have observed under the sun, riches hoarded by their owner to his misfortune, in that those riches are lost in some unlucky venture, and if he begets a son he has nothing in hand. Another grave evil is this, he must depart just as he came. As he came out of his mother's womb, so must he depart at last, naked, as he came. He can take nothing of his wealth to carry with him. So what is the good of his toiling for the wind? Besides, all his days he eats in darkness, with much vexation and grief and anger. Only this, I have found, is a real good, that one should eat and drink and get pleasure with all the gains he has made under the sun during the numbered days of life that Hashem has given him, for that is his portion. Also, whenever a man is given riches and property by Hashem, and is also permitted by him to enjoy them and to take his portion and get pleasure for his gains, that is a gift of Hashem. For such a man will not brood much over the days of his life because Hashem keeps him busy enjoying himself. There is an evil I have observed under the sun, and a grave one, 
it is for man that Hashem sometimes grants a man riches, property, and wealth, so that he does not want for anything his appetite may crave. But Hashem does not permit him to enjoy it. Instead, a stranger will enjoy it. That is futility and a grievous ill. Even if a man should beget a hundred children and live many years, no matter how many the days of his years may come to, if his gullet is not sated through his wealth, I say, the stillbirth, though it was not even accorded a burial, is more fortunate than he. Though it comes into futility and departs into darkness, and its very name is covered with darkness, though it has never seen or experienced the sun, it is better off than he. Yes, even if the other lived a thousand years twice over, but never had his fill of enjoyment. For are not both of them bound for the same place? All of man's earning is for the sake of his mouth, yet his gullet is not sated. What advantage, then, has the wise man over the fool? What advantage has the pauper who knows how to get on in life? Is the feasting of the eyes more important than the pursuit of desire? That, too, is futility and pursuit of wind. Whatever happens, it was designated long ago, and it was known that it would happen. As for man, he cannot contend with what is stronger than he. Often, much talk means much futility. How does it benefit a man? Who can possibly know what is best for a man to do in life? The few days of his fleeting life. For who can tell him what the future holds for him under the sun? Second Corinthians six fourteen to seven seven. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion has light with darkness, and what concord has Christ with Belial, or what part has he that believes with an infidel? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, says the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Receive us. We have wronged no man. We have corrupted no man. We have defrauded no man. I speak not this to condemn you, for I have said before that you are in our hearts to die and live with you. Great is my boldness of speech toward you. Great is my glorying of you. I am filled with comfort. I am exceedingly joyful in all our tribulation. For when we were come into Macedonia, our flesh had no rest, but we were troubled on every side. Without were fightings, within were fears. 
Nevertheless, God, that comforts those that are cast down, comforted us by the coming of Titus, and not by his coming alone, but by the consolation wherewith he was comforted in you, when he told us your earnest desire, your mourning, your fervent mind toward me, so that I rejoiced the more. Psalm 47, 1-9 O clap your hands, all you people, shout unto God with the voice of triumph. For the Lord Most High is terrible. He is a great king over all the earth. He shall subdue the people under us and the nations under our feet. He shall choose our inheritance for us, the excellency of Jacob, whom he loved. Selah. God has gone up with a shout, the Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Sing praises to God, sing praises. Sing praises unto our King, sing praises. For God is the King of all the earth, sing praises with understanding. God reigns over the heathen, God sits upon the throne of his holiness. The princes of the people are gathered together, even the people of the God of Abraham. For the shields of the earth belong to the Lord, he is greatly exalted. Proverbs 22, 16 He that oppresses the poor to increase his riches, and he that gives to the rich, shall surely come to want. I'd like to speak to you today from the book of Ecclesiastes. And in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 1, it is written, I further observe all the oppression that goes on under the sun, the tears of the oppressed, with none to comfort them, and the power of their oppressors, with none to comfort them. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. When the verse mentions all the oppression that goes on, it can be referring to the suffering of the Jewish people in exile. Kohelet observes, however, that not only do the people suffer in exile, but that they lack the leadership to comfort them. Spomo notes that the phrase with none to comfort them is repeated twice in this verse, hinting that they were lacking the leadership to teach them the two keys for redemption, repentance and prayer. First, the people of Israel need a leader who will guide them towards repentance, for sincere repentance leads to redemption. Second, they need a leader who will show them how to pray effectively so that their prayers will be answered and they will be returned to the land of Israel. Well spoken. Okay, the next verse I want to take a look at is chapter 5, verse 9, where it is written, A lover of money can never have his fill of money, nor a lover of wealth his fill of income. That, too, is futile. So true. And here in the West, in the Western world, in America especially, but throughout the Western world, There is such a sense of materialism and a focus on the material goods of acquiring and accumulating uh, shopping malls galore. It's everybody's dream to own a house and to have a car and to have all these things. And things are one day going to burn up. They don't go into eternity with you. They don't go into the kingdom of God with you. Yet we put so much attention on the acquisition and accumulation of material goods. 
And so the Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. The word havel, futile, appears many times throughout Ecclesiastes as a description of the pursuit of various physical pleasures. Although the word is translated as futile, it literally means vapor. Vapor has the power to distort what a person sees. For example, the hot air rising from desert sands creates the mirage of an oasis. In this verse, Kohelet observes that amassing wealth is havel. More than just futile, the pursuit of wealth is similar to vapor, since it has the power to distort a person's reality and values. Kohelet warns not to pursue wealth, because one who does so will never be satisfied. Very true. Um, the love of money is a root of all evil. Not that money itself is evil, but the love of money is a root of all evil. And the appetite for acquiring it is never satisfied. It can never be satiated or gratified. Continuing on in Ecclesiastes chapter 6, verse 2. Well, I'll start with verse 1. There is an evil I have observed under the sun, and a grave one it is for man, that Hashem sometimes grants a man riches, property, and wealth, so that he does not want for anything his appetite may crave. But Hashem does not permit him to enjoy it. Instead, a stranger will enjoy it. That is futility and a grievous ill. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. The Hebrew word for riches is osher, spelled with the letter ayin. The Hebrew word for happiness is also osher, but spelled with the letter aleph. While the two words are homophones, they are not synonymous. Some people mistakenly believe that wealth leads to happiness. The sages, ethics of the fathers, however, teach the exact opposite. Who is wealthy? One who is happy with his lot. Only when a person is happy and satisfied with the material possessions that he has, no matter their value, can he be considered truly wealthy. And that kind of brings me to something that Paul said in the New Testament. He said, I have had much, and I have had little, and I have learned the secret of being content. And his secret of being content is that the source of his contentment is not in what he owns or what he has, but it is in Christ Jesus. It's in Yeshua. And another thought that I like, I heard it many years ago. If you want what you have, you will have joy and contentment instead of wanting what you don't have. Want what you have and you will have contentment and joy. And with that, I'm going to sign off with a beautiful song, a worship song. It's called As the Deer Pants for the Water. Have a blessed day.
Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.